What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Minoxide, and tonight I'm joined by Reinhard von Krieger. What's up, dude? Not much. I'm kind of mad. I was supposed to uh, have an airship show up on top of the mountain for some free travel, but uh, it seems we're, we're still stuck with the diesel engine. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that may come in handy later. Uh, also joining us, Jack the intern, taking notes in the corner. What's up, Jack? The feel window Tartarian GF. Why yeah. even live? Yeah. Uh, we're going to have a guest join us very shortly. Uh, and Dogbot is not with us tonight. Dogbot is on Paranormies vacation. He is actually on location at the Georgia Guidestones. Um, I don't know what he's what, if he's performing rituals, if he's, if he's burning sage, trying to get rid of evil spirits, if he's trying to contact the uh, Tartarians or what, but I know he's got a whole bunch of cool pictures that he's taken so far. Um, he said he's, 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 uh, he's seen some cool stuff, so he will report back when he gets back. Yes, so no DB this evening. So possibly no mention of trannies. Just saying. It will not come from me. <laughs> yes, me either. We did get an update from our t-shirt guy, by the way. We have t-shirts. But the t-shirt guy um, has fixed several of the orders of the people who had the poorly printed Flat Earth for Dummies t-shirts. Those will be fixed if they haven't been already. You can get in contact with him um, at his, his website. His website, of course, is dissidentapparel.com and you can find our shirts at dissidentapparel.com slash allies slash paranormies. A lot of people bought the shirts, but I know we have a lot more listeners than bought shirts, but that's okay. We're going to get more shirts. Dude, there's there's two new designs coming. Have you seen them, Reinhardt? You've seen them. Oh, I've seen them. I can't wait. <laughs> Jack's seen them. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to introduce our guest now because this is stupid because he's our friend and he hangs out with us anyways. We're just going to bullshit for a minute. What's up, Alt Skull? Hey guys. What's up, man? Good to be back. Yes. And everybody can hear everybody this time, and nobody's going to have to that your scrambled, chitty internet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. But uh, yes, Skull, your shirts are en route as well. Oh, oh, sweet. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm going to rep those all the way all the way over there, man. That's, that's awesome. Uh, Jack, you get, Jack, you got yours? Jack? God damn it. My computer froze. Yeah, yeah, I got mine. <laughs> how do they fit? Fails. It never fails. Yeah, how do they fit, Jack? How how do they fit? They fit good. They're pretty comfy. Okay. Reinhardt, you've gotten yours? You, you've received yours? Yes, they are nice slim fit shirts. They're comfy. Okay, they're slim fit. Okay, so they are, they are um, tailored for those with muscles to look like their muscles are even larger. So there you go, Skull. Perfect. Yes, I mine yes. are mine are at um, the Monoxide Ranch, and I have not been home to get them yet. I will be. I am going home for Easter, so I have no fear. I will be bringing those back with me. Yes. So get shirts at dissidentapparel.com. We also got a Bitcoin donation this week, and I can't find it. It was. Si- I don't know if this was a meme number, if he was trying to get 666666 or whatever, but uh, 6566. So thank you, sir. And uh, that's gone 
with what Bitcoin's been doing this week. I don't know. Is it good or bad? Uh, we also got a $20 Bitcoin donation. So thank you for your donations, guys. Uh, it helps us do things like get you guys t-shirts. Helps us do things like Paranormies on Location with Dogbot. You know, we're going to do more of that stuff. Definitely. Oh, yes. I got to find some good places up where I'm at since I'm in just the land of spoop. Oh, for sure. And that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be like excursion grande, muy grande. I don't know. I don't speak, I don't speak Taco Bell. So uh, it's going to be a big trip for the Paranormies if we do that one, for sure. Oh, you know what? Speaking of, of trips, this was a trip today at work. Somebody mentioned, of course, COVID because everybody's talking about COVID constantly because vaccines are on everybody's mind because, you know, people are getting them now. Uh, people have taken the day off of work to go get the vaccine this week. It's pretty interesting. Um, pretty fucking pathetic, if you ask me. One of the guys, one of the apprentices who's like 22, maybe 21, 22 years old, we were talking about this stuff. We were making fun of maskers and we were making fun of, you know, the whole COVID thing. And this dude took today off to go get his shot. Sounds like what people do when they vote, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'll talk shit about the entire day off for like five minutes. Well, not just that. To do do something utterly ridiculous. Yes. Right. That's what I was going to say. They take the entire day off, which they don't a don't need to do. B, they and these people usually, you know, like he talked shit about COVID and he went and got the shot. These people talk shit about politics and then they go vote. The same right. sort of, it's the same sort of mentality, and it's in, and they're retarded too because you're you're going and doing something extremely trivial. Oh, that was anyway. So we're talking about that, and we got into conspiracy theories. I don't know how, you know, I don't, I don't know how that happened, but I mentioned he mentioned something, and I said Joseph P. Farrell, and his eyes got really big. I was like, oh, you know Joseph Farrell? He's like, you read a lot of books, don't you? oh buddy you have no idea i'm like wow i mean i own a lot of books i haven't had a chance to read them all yet but i am getting through most of them but yes and i have read quite a few in the interim um yeah he's like you know joseph p frost yeah i said i have most of his stuff he's like what do you think about his theories about the pyramids i'm like oh man dude we don't have time for this it's work hours right now but hmm hmm i know yeah I know. Oh, you're having you're having work discussions as well, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm with a guy who um, he got to my job after me, but uh, he technically is kind of teaching me. So I have to sit with him uh, while I do my new job. And uh, while we're sitting together, it's an eight-hour shift. So first day I met him, tells me he's former Satanist, uh, <laughs> former Satanist, former Mennonite, turned wow. non-denominational Christian. Wow. Yeah, and so we start talking about just spiritual things and everything, and at some point, he just brings up the subject of giants and Nephilim just totally out of the blue, and then we have a whole conversation about that for a couple of days, and now we're on Flat Earth. He's a globe cuck. He's not going to be convinced, um, but he is very interested in the argument. So I've been combing through our episode with David Weiss and uh, you know, his, his website, Flat Earth Podcast, so... It's amazing how those things just happen out of the blue, isn't it? Yeah, what I've found is anybody who's actually interested in listening to the arguments about flat Earth will eventually end up being a flat Earther because the I mean, just the ability to entertain the arguments means that you're going to listen, and then all of a sudden you're going to realize that they have a lot of um, uh, validity and they 
actually uh, are a whole whole lot better than the stupid garbage Neil deGrasse Tyson and crew put out. Yeah, and you know, I so we're going over more of like we're drawing models and going over the different proofs and things. I told him to go home and look up how many government documents mention flat stationary earth and a few things of that nature. But he even mentioned last night, again, without me provoking him, uh, talked about how flat earth is such a fundamental shift in reality for him that he just can't wrap his mind around it. I said, exactly. That's literally what it is. I mean, uh, it's like for some reason, <clears throat> I've always hated the idea of flat earth because it's so massive yeah it's well it means that everything that you know about reality is now up for question right and i every single person who i don't even like to say flat earth i say biblical earther every single person who became uh, a non-spinning ball guy is someone who started out trying to disprove the arguments and got their ass kicked over and over again until eventually they realized that we don't live on a spinning ball but in bro infinite but bro you don't understand I have been trolling flat earth groups for years. Don't you understand? And I have gotten no real arguments from any of these flurfers. Right, right, right. right. I showed you those. I, sh I showed you the, those screenshots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I posted, oh my God, I, dude, I posted those in the chat. That was literally somebody I know. That I've actually hung out with in like as like as a friend. We're no longer friends. We uh we became unfriended um during the beginning of the great migration into Europe. You remember you remember the kid that drowned? Everybody remembers the kid that drowned, right? They you know don't put him that way, position him this way, position him this way. And oh, the, yeah. the story was that his dad was going to Germany from from Turkey or something to get dental work. He was getting dental work. That was the deal. And so, yeah. and he put his kid in a position where the kid ended up drowning, you know, so that he could get free dental work. I mean, it's literally what happened. Anyways, this guy and I got into it over that. And this was when I was still in California. And he said something to me. Um, he's like, what if you and your son were escaping from war torn California? And back then, I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, nobody's nobody's attacking the United States. Come on. I mean, if we got one thing going for us, it's like that big-ass military. That was a long time ago. I've come around quite a bit on that part of this, <laughs> the equation, to say the least. Yeah. But yeah, that guy's, that guy's still the same. Fa I've come around quite a bit, but that guy's still the same faggot he was back in like 2013 or 2014, whenever that happened. Didn't. Didn't you post a picture of him and it was like an actual like fat neck bearded dude or was it's that just, a different yeah. person? That's, yes, that was him. Yes. No, that was, oh my god, that was the guy in the in, no, the, red, in the red shirt. I, yeah, I, I thought he was talking about it, and I did the classic tips fedora neck beard fat guy. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I got a picture. Hang on, let me find yeah, he's this. Like, I got a picture. It's practically the same dude. <laughs> yeah, literally. The only difference is this guy shaves his head. And he, he looks a little more rugged than your typical neckbeard fedora guy, but he's definitely a fedora atheist. He calls Christians exgens. You know, he won't even say he's one of those. He's an exgen. You know, he's dude. So edgy, so edgy. He has uh, trolled flat Earth groups for years. I'm trying to find this stupid freaking screenshot just so I can read it because it's so funny. And I love that this all ties into the topic tonight too 
It totally does. And well, that's what's great about the paranormies is literally all of our topics tie into each other all the time. Before we get into the topic of this evening, I can find that screen grab. Um, so George Floyd was literally purchasing a banana with a fake 20. I just want to let everybody know that he was purchasing a banana with a fake 20 and dancing around the store, much like Donkey Kong does after a victory on Smash. Um, Dude, I've never seen any more incriminating damning evidence of my entire life of somebody who was high as fuck. Yeah, so they're having a hard time. They're having a hard time with the Chauvin trial. I mean, it's definitely a show trial. They're really trying very, very hard to convict this guy of something that didn't happen. It is. They're not even. I don't even understand what's going on because uh, do you guys remember when it first happened? And they had there's the guy on the video with his fucking hand in his pocket, of course. Right. And yeah. And um, then they show the mugshot for the Derek Chauvin that was arrested. And it's a completely different guy, like not even close. Mm -hmm. Um his ears are completely different. Everything's like different. It was just like he, he just happened to be a fair, fair hair, fair skinned, skinny guy of the same age, but like obviously wasn't the guy. So it just makes me question everything that's going on. Like, is, are they actually trying, trying a real person? Is the whole thing just a banana Republic show like performance for us? Or is there an actual trial going on with actual jurors? It's really, it's where reality really starts breaking down these sorts of situations. Even George Floyd holding a fucking banana up. <laughs> it's literally a banana republic. It's literally, yeah, it's literally. It, it's got to be a show that's being put on for us. Just like, are you not entertained? <laughs> this, yeah, if you're not entertained with, with, this is literally Nero fiddling while Rome burns. Like, this is the fiddle, except instead of Nero and a fiddle, it's a, it's a, big gay monkey nigger with a banana and his tranny girlfriend. Have you seen the girlfriend? The white oh my God. chick that's supposed to be oh, his yeah, girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a dude. If, look, everything about this is everything that is America. So you've got like this big tough thug drug dealer pulled a gun on a woman, but on the down low is, is getting his dick sucked by a white dude. Like, or, or some tranny weirdo. Dude, I don't yeah, know. He's got pegged by a white girlfriend. Right. That's a dude. Went out, tried to buy a banana with a fake 20, did a bunch of fent, and now where we are. Yeah. Yeah. And then got himself killed. Well, he killed himself if he's even fucking real. Yeah. If any of that, right. Right. Like we said the other day, like if in fact he's not the top half of a CPR dummy. Yeah. Did you see the. Uh, oh, and then, and then uh, his. Um, what was he called? His brother or something? Uh, the basketball oh, player? His twin. Was... his twin. Steven Jackson. You just called him twin. His twin. Right, right. Yeah. And the guy looks exactly fucking like him. Mm-hmm. Like, they could, I mean, they could basically be the same person if you just put a little bit of um, prosthetic makeup mm-hmm. on them, yep. which who knows? Maybe that's what they did because he's at the, um, the funeral and he's got the hoodie on and he's got the dark sunglasses and it looks exactly like George Floyd is at his own fucking funeral to me. That is what it it definitely did look like that. Um, I'm posting a side by side in the Skype chat right now, and holy crap! Yeah, shave the dude, put put yeah. like five minutes of makeup work into it. The thing yeah. about the thing about that is he okay. So the funeral that Stephen Jackson was at, if you look at the coffin that they have George Floyd in, 
George Floyd was like what, like six seven, right? Something like that, six six, yeah, yeah. six seven. Really yeah, the coffin was for a person who was like five feet tall, and right, uh, yeah, and like there was no legs. There would have been no legs if you look at the pictures. I remember that. Yeah, so everything about the funeral and the death in general, and yeah, the Stephen Jackson and they they look identical. They really they do the nose, the. I forget what the line is called that goes from your nose around the side of your mouth, but those lines are exactly the same. The forehead wrinkle, all this stuff. It's all this, it's all the same. I'm pretty sure that they use that guy to play a part. Steven Jackson's a 20 something or 20 something, 32nd or 33rd degree Mason. I've seen his, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so all of and this, his da- or his dad, his dad was, and he had the apron, I think is what they were saying. Okay, that's that, what happened. Yeah, yeah okay. his dad was a 32nd, or I think, degree mason, and he was posing with the apron, and mm-hmm. the whole thing just stinks of, of and, bullshit. Like, yeah, from and top even to the, I forgot how many crazy elements there were. Like you said, thing. there was Chauvin's hand in his pocket while he's kneeling, while he's kneeling on his neck doing the, uh, the nod to Hiram Abiff. Hiram of Tyre. <laughs> right, right. Even, he was just reaching uh, for his jewel. <laughs> I was thinking uh, this yesterday, actually just yesterday, because the, the trial has been uh, in the news and stuff. But remember 846, how that came out? And they were saying 846, 846. And I remember at the time I added up the numbers. And of course, it's 18, which is 666. And I was just uh, like, is that, I mean, is it really a, a you know a coincidence at this point? No, no none of it. it is. None of it. Also, can I just say that the only way. George Floyd actually had a dad that was there is because it's a Masonic family. Yeah, mm. right. Well, there exactly. you go. There you go. That's how you know they're a Masonic bloodline family. <laughs> That's it's crazy, man. We were talking about we were talking about the Masons that work uh, today too. One of the guys that I've worked with a few times in different locations. Um, I saw his truck the other day, and he's he's got a Masons you know front plate on it, and. Uh, so we're standing there, we're talking about, I forgot what we were talking about, and he said something, and I, and somebody said, yeah, you know, like the Illuminati, and everybody laughed, ha, 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 ha. I was like, I was like you know, that's, that's very funny and all, but uh, you know, nothing. He goes, what, do you think that shit's real? He's like, you think the Masons run the world? And Terry looked at me, and he kind of laughed. He goes, he, goes, he goes, the Masons don't run the world. I said no, no, they don't. They don't have to anymore. I was like, the, you know, the Jews do that. And I talked to him about this stuff, anyways. It's like the Jews do that, <laughs> and he laughed. He laughed, and he goes, "I was like, well, I was like, because you're not running anything, Terry. You're a Mason, right?" He goes, "Well, uh, well, did you see the, did you see the truck?" And he laughed a little bit. I was like, "Yeah, you're, you're. What are you a? Are you a third? He's like, "No, man, I am actually a thirty-second degree Scottish Rite Mason." I was like, <laughs> you're, you're "Are you allowed to tell me that?" He's like, well, my father was, and my grandfather was, and I am too. I'm like, oh, already. I, it's uh, weird. I have met on the internet, not in real life, but a lot of people who say that they're 32nd degree. Yeah. And if you got to the 32nd degree, why wouldn't you go for the 33rd? Like, what's stopping well, you? I, we I don't. Were, know. Now that's so what I'm we're talking here. about. Is he says that the 33rd degree Mason is completely honorary, and uh, it is only given to people like. Judges and politicians, uh, high-powered attorneys, that kind of stuff makes sense. Sure, you know, sure. Well, that's I'm course, sure. Yeah, of is. course, you know that's. I'm like, oh, of course, of course, that's what it is. Purely ceremonial. Pure, Don't worry about purely it. Purely ceremonial, exactly. 
So if you're yeah. a five-second degree, you're still a good Christian boy. Right. And this is coming from somebody right, right. who's an actual Mason telling me something. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, yes, yes, of course. Well, there's a guy in this um, – I'm in this Proud Boys group with – you know the that channel, the Western Chauvinist, that used to be Proud Boys Uncensored? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a guy – yeah, there's a guy in there, and he's this boomer. He even calls himself boom, Boomer, and he's this old – he's a goofy guy. I don't get any weird, like, creepy vibes off of him, but I – made some post at one point that was critical of the Masons and he jumps in there and he's like, I'm a 32nd degree Mason. And I'm telling you that, you know, a lot of the stuff they say about us is, is I mean, typical literal boomer, <laughs> the way he's talking about, <laughs> mm-hmm. the Masons. but it was weird because he said he was a 32nd degree Mason and he was like showing off his weird, creepy symbolic memorabilia and that kind of stuff. And I just thought it strange. Like if you're 32, like what, what, what are you an underachiever or something? Like why, why right, don't you take right. the last step? 33 and and also my personal opinion i have no idea whatsoever never met a freemason in real life that i'm aware of but i think probably that since you see people like albert pike and he's got his 33 and then you also hear about like there are a lot of people who are 33rd degree masons and if it was so uh special why would like albert pike be the same as like some other guy so my personal conjecture is that it's like a black belt like getting the black belt is your first step to becoming an actual master at something. And then after that, there's the Don and then you got first Don, second Don, and it just goes up. And I assume that probably there are 66 degrees and 33 is where you start. That's just my guess though. That's uh, I would, something I came up. With. I would tend to tend to agree with, with that. Um, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. The 66, I mean, obviously 66 makes a lot of sense as far as say maybe hidden, hidden uh, degrees. But yeah, but to say that the thirty-three degree is completely honorary and blah blah, blah it's, just, it's literally just blah blah blah. It's well, yeah. and to the sixty-six angle as well. I just thought of this as you were saying it. If there are thirty-three public or light known mm. uh, degrees, and then thirty-three hidden in the dark, yep. you've got the light and dark, the yin, the go. yang, you know, black and the white, um, yep. as above, so below. There you go. Um, yeah, that's just an interesting connection there, Skull. Huh. Yeah. Weird, weird how we always make those connections with this stuff on this show. We're schizos, that's why. That's why, yes. You can only be like that and be a schizo. Uh, speaking of which, guy in the chat, don't call yourself a schizo anymore, dude. That's not, not cool. That's We're not schizos. We don't call each other schizos. We don't take kindly to people who call us schizos. It's a very negative connotation, and we don't like it. There's a lot of people that were called schizos were put in those Tartarian asylums, you know, those castles. Yeah. Castles. While their children were bussed away across the world on orphan trains. Yep. Yes. We're going to talk about. Okay. So we're going to get to the. We could just shitpost the whole episode, you guys. (laughs) I mean, because we. I mean, it's basically what we're going to really do anything except other than other than we've actually done a lot of reading on this stuff. It's just going to sound like we're just bullshitting because that's what we do. Uh, But we're talking about more Tartarian. And I also. Dude, you know what? I know you said that in your in your voice message today. That's, that's what they call it, like the Tartarian Empire and whatever. I'm not sold on it being the Tartarian Empire. I think that might be just what they're calling it now. I think they had a different name for themselves, honestly. Yeah, most likely. Um, and they could have been a massive empire, but I don't know that they were exactly worldwide, which is why I take I, to calling it more just Indo-European or Indo-Aryan sure. as a I, whole. Well, I would like to... Judging by the similarities in architecture, like the identical 
architecture in so many different places that all of that stuff was definitely related. Like that was part of whatever. And everywhere where there was a Parthenon was part of this same empire. Right. And they yeah, were, yeah, right. Like I shared the two different um, conflicting. They're both a sort of impossible architecture things earlier today. And the one was the Nebraska, the Omaha, Nebraska, 1898 pictures, which yes. is just this unbelievable palaces that are there and it's at that same style with the domes and the spires and the winged mm-hmm. creatures on the top of the turrets and stuff but then i also was um i found this machu picchu uh stone barricade i don't what the, what's the word i forgot the word but wall anyway and the bricks <clears throat> are they have no mortar whatsoever and they fit perfectly like a puzzle piece fitting together like you know right, how if right. you get a jigsaw puzzle mm-hmm. and it looks like this piece goes here but you try to push it in and it won't go but but if you find the exact right piece it'll go perfectly in like these walls are like that but it is a different style of architecture but you can tell that the level of technology that was available to put those things together was of a, a sort that we don't possess today it certainly seems like yeah we absolutely don't uh, and I've been I've been saying this since I started working again recently, after after having gotten into this this impossible architecture stuff. That there's no way, there's no way that they built this stuff with horses and buggies and wood ladders and 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 yeah. wooden uh, and ropes and uh, pulleys and just uh, levers and uh, pry bars and dynamite and pickaxes. Shut the right. fuck up. Just shut the fuck City up. Hall. Yeah. Philadelphia City Hall has uh, walls that are 20 feet thick, mm-hmm. and it's got that statue of William Penn that's on top of it well, that is, I mean, just unbelievably huge that they somehow hoisted up there. Apparently. Statue of, quote, William Penn, end quote. That's who the fuck yeah, knows who that right. is. Yeah. 20 foot thick walls. That is, I mean, that's. Okay, that is thicker than the walls of Troy that we're told. The city right. of Troy, or Ilium, from from the Odyssey, its walls were, I think, fifteen feet thick. I think it said five meters. Um, that's thicker than the walls of an entire city fortified for a ten year long siege. How thick? That's is ridiculous. The, and you're building how that thick for is the uh, the Great Wall of China. Jack, you got us. Come on, Jack. You're on the computer, Jack. You can do it. No. He's muted. Oh, he's unmuted now. Fuck. God damn. Shit keeps freezing up. My bad, guys. You're fine. I'm. I might have it if if your thing is freezing up. I can pull it up. Uh, it, uh, it unfroze. Okay. Cool. I mean, for a city hall, though. Right. 20 feet thick. Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's like what we talked about uh, last time with the <laughs> asylum. Like, you're going to build an asylum in Utah that's, like, what, 100 miles from the actual city. And right. the things looks like Versailles, basically. And also, there are all these crazy people that you need to put there in 18-whatever-it-is, in late 1880. 1880. It's like, oh, come on, what's, yeah. what's your fucking threshold? No, there's there's so much there, there's so much threshold crossing with the asylums. Uh, and we talked about it on the... Uh, we didn't talk about it on that episode, but there are s- like several more that we <laughs> didn't mention. There's so many in the southeast. There's some in the southwest. There's some in the northeast. 
you know, of course, you have the hotels in Canada. Nobody can explain this stuff. Nobody can explain how these, you know, and, and to the guy in the comments, you know, that was like laughing about me saying, where's the brick guy? You know, like the brick, where's the, where's the billionaire brick magnet? You know what I mean? Like the guy who, the guy who sold all the bricks to the builders who built the, the Utah State Hospital or the California State Hospital or the Napa State Hospital or the Sacramento State Hospital or, you know, these hundreds of, hundreds of thousands of, who's, somebody got, uh, their mic hot there. Um, I was to say hundreds and thousands of bricks, millions of bricks, right? All being baked in a city that was a day's ride away on an unladen horse. Like none of that stuff. And that's just and, and that's just the bricks. That's not to say the artisans that it would take to build the thing oh, and right. to design it, put it all together. Like where are these people coming from? Yeah. Where did where did all these amazing artists that existed? Apparently they plucked them out of Renaissance Italy or something and brought them to America in the late 1800s so and they, they could build massive buildings. And they something. did nothing but build. These people, whoever they were, they worked tirelessly for years, not very many years, only a few years, maybe 20. On end, though, on end, to completely build every city hall and all these ridiculous structures in the United States all roughly in the same period of time. Man, imagine the retirement plan those guys had after building all those, all those amazing, you know, you would think, you know, another thing you would think is that the people who built all these structures back in the late 1800s, which would be some of, some of them in the early 1900s, some of the people, those, those construction companies should still be in business today. Because if you were good enough to do those type of buildings and you were the guy who built all those 200 structures in 40 cities around the world, uh, you would think you'd be using a fairly exclusive construction company and these people would still be around probably you would think or at least their grandchildren or somebody you know, it's johnny don't you know it's just an economic thing you know when oh. people just wanted building materials because you know it's, it's all about money they, oh. you know Got i mean they don't just there's just no demand for that kind of stuff anymore that's true okay so I mean, and, and imagine imagine the the railroad magnets imagine the logistics that it would have taken mm -hmm. because not all of these places are built in uh in geographic locations that have an abundance of brick and stone no not but what they them. have reinhardt what they have is an abundance of dirt and you can make bricks out of dirt and spit in an easy bake fucking oven okay don't you understand these were americans these were bootstrap listen these people were born with nothing they were naked but nothing but their umbilical cord and their fucking bootstraps okay they pulled them up from the time they came out of their mom's womb on the covered wagon while fighting indians and bears and somehow murdering buffalo all at once okay that's these people. Grit. That's, God bless that's, American ingenuity. Absolutely. True grit. Absolutely. They, they don't make grit like that anymore, okay? What they did was they spit in the dirt. They made these bricks, millions of them. There's a lot of spit, you know? Good thing there was a lot of natural water sources around. And, and uh, you know, no, I don't know thank, how they made all the bricks. Thank really. God for strong black men like uh, John Henry who could yes. help complete the Transcontinental Railroad in six years. Mm -hmm. Here's my God bless men like that. Question about that. The logistics of getting the Chinese to the United States to do the railroad. What is the official narrative that they came over all the way across the Pacific? Is that the official narrative? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, okay. <laughs> That's silly. That's a very silly story. Like, 
Okay. But how do you explain Chinatown? They were foreigners. They had they only had slums to live in. Right. They didn't have any cities of their own. Right. They didn't have Chinatowns in large cities that were basically built with ancient Chinese temples and stuff in them as well. No, John, those were only built in the 1940s. There were no Chinese coins or Chinese armor or swords ever found in North America that date to, you know, 1200 AD. Right. If it is even 1200 right. AD. Right. Uh, we got to stop with the dating to things because none of that stuff is real. <laughs> none of that stuff is real. Listen, I actually told somebody today that I was like, there's absolutely no way that the pyramids are 25,000 years old. I was like, you're lucky if those things are 1500 to 2000 years old. And they're like, what? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I was like, don't even get me started on the calendar. And he's like, oh no, oh no. Is it? So, I forgot how. Today was a really weird day. Like only a third of our crew showed up because tomorrow's an overtime day, and everybody's you know saving up for tomorrow. But uh, there was a lot of cleanup to be done, and so like wasn't so me and this other guy were just kind of wandering around the job site, picking up you know material and putting it on a cart and bringing it to where the material is, right? No big, no big deal. We just kind of walked around all day long, got paid for it. So we were talking about he's he's, you know, the local quote weirdo. And he's because he's into UFOs and squatching. I'm like, oh, really? Cool, man. So we started talking about uh, the green man of Ohio. You know, there's there's I'm, I'm going to get to go squatching guys, by the way. But we started talking about all this stuff. And uh, you know, I told him how I don't think that I, I don't think that the United States started in 1776 and all these things. And I, he's like, really? And this is the guy that, that got all excited when I said Joseph P. Farrell. He's like, well, whatever books you read about that, you got to tell me what they are. I'm like, all right. I don't know if I can divulge that information just yet. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're, if you're quite cool enough for the Howdy McCoskey stuff. So, <laughs> You know, if you do go squatching in Ohio and you don't go to Loveland, then you're wrong. Right, right. I, got, no, I, I, would, I need to be molested by the frogman personally just to prove that it's true. I, I don't think that uh, any place in Ohio could be scarier than Cleveland, though. <laughs> this, is this is true. Yeah, you think you think Donkey Kong was was dangerous? Oh God! I, I've been there one time. It, it was the possibly the worst place in the United States I've ever visited. Um, Philly's pretty bad. San Francisco's. Uh, hold my beer. Hold my kombucha. No, yeah. I went to I went to San Francisco in 2002 before I came well, to uh, Japan, and it was really nice at that time. Actually, I it is now. Enjoyed. It is now not yeah. very nice. No, no, I I understand that. Completely. Okay, San Francisco is more like here. Hold my piss jar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hold my. Well, you said poo and uh, used injection needles in the street, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I was telling people about that because everybody's like, "Oh, so you're you're out of San Francisco? Why don't you work there? They make like seventy five dollars an hour." I'm like, yeah, and the whole the streets are, you know, sure. running with you know, with running feces with, and and needles and stuff. People don't use guns to rob you anymore. They pull a needle out and they go, "I got AIDS. Give me your shit." <laughs> I'm not joking. That is not funny. That has happened to somebody. That happened to somebody I know. Jesus God. So what do you do? Oh, what do you do? You're gonna hand you're gonna hand him. You're gonna hand the AIDS patient your wallet. You know, and you're gonna you're gonna back away so you don't get the the AIDS needle. Scratch or whatever. It'd you be know? cool if, if he did it to one of us, though, and we're like, "Nigga, I know AIDS ain't real, <laughs> right? <laughs> Shoot me, nigga." <laughs> right. Yeah, be careful with that. See, that's that's a bad idea right there. But uh, anyway, yes, because AIDS isn't real. No, actually, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think to use that as a, as a comeback for the thing, but at the time, it was like, "Holy shit, you got held up with the needle." 
Yeah. You know, man. This oh, America's just, uh, just before sh- I know. America. Okay, last uh, last little aside I'll make. I just this is completely. Uh, it's related, but not related to anything we need to be talking about. But uh, I was just thinking about how they recycle the narratives. And so remember Johnny when we were kids and they had like the posters of the mosquitoes and the mosquito was going to give you AIDS and they oh, were right. doing that whole big scare. Remember that? Uh huh. Definitely remember the. Mosquito. And then now, now they've got the meme where Bill Gates is genetically modifying mosquitoes so that they're going to have mosquitoes that give people vaccines by biting them. They're they're just totally recycling the whole thing. Yeah. Well, they've run out of stories. A long time ago, they ran out of stories. Yeah. And it's like everybody's imagination is already done. Like Disney's imagineered everybody to this stopping point, I guess. Yeah. yeah I mean, at is. one point, you, you watch a movie. You, know, you watch a movie in 2002, and you think, oh, that was really good. You watch a movie nowadays, and you, and you think, oh, my God, they've totally run out of stories. That's how real life is with yeah, the real, controllers. Yeah. Real life right. has turned into just a repeat. It's It's Groundhog Day every day. All right, yeah, so it's Groundhog Hell is Groundhog Hell. Bef- oh my God, we did it again, Reinhardt. We shit posted for thirty-eight minutes. <laughs> Oof, that's our number, thirty-eight. Somebody's gonna be really mad in the comments and be like, "You guys talked about things for thirty-eight minutes before you got to the actual subject." Your shit posting show is supposed to be in the midweek show, not on the weekend. I expect content the whole time. Two hours, you do your little. All right, I'm done doing that. That was, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but that was that was cringe to listen to. It was. I might actually go edit that out. No, I'm not editing the show. Come on, no. <laughs> the only time I go back and edit is when I really remember that I had a brain fart and I want to take out that really long pause. Like that's 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 when I edit. Other than that, I don't really edit the show. It was this a meme. Is why I do this is why I do one take VMs because I just too fucking lazy to do anything else. Amen. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's about. You know, I mean, like going back and having to re-listen to the stuff you just talked about, you know, to try and find the mistakes. That I mean, I do sometimes write down timestamps where, like, if we have to stop because somebody's mic died or the Chupacabra attacked DB again or something or whatever, then we'll fix that. But normally, dude, a whole nother minute of shit posting. This guy's going to be pissed. All right. Let's talk about the topic. <laughs> Tartarian airships, zeppelins, flying machines. Now, these are not blimps, right? These are a completely other vehicle. That is correct. Um, I don't know. Skull, do you want to take it? or? Okay, yeah. Um, so everybody here is probably aware of the most famous one, which would be the Hindenburg and we'll get into that story in a little bit. But they were uh, filled with either helium or hydrogen, but the German version, and these the Germans were allegedly the people who invented, actually the, a guy named Zeppelin was the first inventor. Um, balloons and dirigibles and air travel actually, according to history, existed a long time before the Zeppelins, but the Zeppelins themselves were made with uh, I believe it's aluminum because aluminum's the light metal, and they were made with a uh, metal inner structure, and then covered by uh, a big coating of canvas, and then they had tubes inside which were filled with the hydrogen, which um, in itself kind of disproves gravity because it's a buoyancy over gravity argument, and it, we always say it's lighter than air. Uh, yeah, that means it floats, and it floats, and then they had a. Um, 
an engine and they had uh what are they called um the air airplane wing thingies the uh airplane wing thingies and that's a good term for it i think airplane is, wing thingy well that's actually the right. term i think we're gonna have to get to our propellers not well they had propellers too but i'm talking about the direct the thing that causes the thing to move one way or the other oh uh, like rudder. the rudder, rudder i mean okay, that yeah. used to work all right yes yeah rudders and then uh flaps on the wings series of propellers are on them to move them around and then at the bottom there was usually a gondola which was um like a little boat that stuck to the bottom with windows and it had the uh, i assume the captain's deck up front where the ship was steered and then behind that they had different things like you know your, your uh, viewing room or your restaurants your i guess your bathrooms and uh, bed bedrooms and those different kinds of areas so now that, that's the basic basic design of the ship so you're saying that these things were not just giant bags of air with a few people hanging on for dear life on the bottom. Yeah, correct. They're very, it's really interesting. I watched a YouTube video from Germany uh, in the, I think the video was made in the twenties or thirties, probably the 1930s or so. And it showed how they're constructed. And it was really amazing because they take all of these pieces of aluminum and they drill lots of holes in the loop. So say you have like a bar, right? And mm-hmm. it's like the skeleton that goes around it. So imagine a whale skeleton or something if you want. And it'll have the, the spine, which these dirigibles had multiple spines per se, which is the vertical bars that go across. And then a bunch of circles that go around it. And that makes the shape of the thing, right? Right. And all of that is made by these aluminum struts, and they drill lots of holes. Like they punch lots of holes in the aluminum. So, just imagine a bar with all these circles in it. So that takes out even more of the weight. And then they would have these giant uh, bar things, right? And they'd just be carrying them around by hand because they're so light. And then they put all those together, and then they bring the whole circle. So they build the whole circle on the ground, and then they bring the whole circle up using like a winch. And then attach that to the next part, and then they would just do that over and over and over again. And Until then they, they would made, put like, this the sausage over that. Yeah, they made what like the, they made like the like like they're building like this you know different like a barrel almost right the different rings of a barrel right right, right. yeah That's, yeah exactly like a barrel. And then um, they would literally sew the canvas together. So they'd put a flap, and then they'd have these gi- big giant needles, and then just sew those pieces together and pull that together mm-hmm. and then they would paint over that with like a resin or an epoxy kind of thing and uh but that's it but it's not like uh, that had to be 100 percent airtight i don't believe it's hard to find really good specs probably for good reason of these ships oh, but sure. uh, i believe inside they, they were filled with like a number of different bags of hydrogen and then that could be uh, released or filled up at will, but the actual outer skeleton is not just like a big balloon. It's just the covering for the many different balloons that are inside, as well as um, I, I also am positive that other areas, rather than not just the gondola, but other areas of the dirigible were accessible from the outside. We can get to that when we talk about mm-hmm. what they connected to. Yeah, so they weren't just big bags of gas. Which is what a hot air balloon yeah. really is. It's just a, uh, it's just basically a, a bag that holds that is airtight, and you heat the air on the inside, and that air becomes lighter than the air on the outside, and causes the balloon to rise. Now these things actually had motors, and they ran on fuel. 
Now, yes, these, these are self-propelled. On. The ones that now these are the ones Alleged. that we know about. These are the, like the Hindenburg. You know, the, what was the Hindenburg powered by? Uh, well, we're told it was powered by diesel, but I'm not so sure. I the, the what I looked into was they said that the they had engines and the fuel for the engine was diesel, and then they would talk about how you know it could go for four days or it could go for this amount of time or however sure. many hours or distance or so. But there's also uh, a story that the of the Hindenburg itself, the famous one, that it went around the world for 21,000 miles in 21 days. And uh, I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like anything that you could have a fuel capacity for that would also raise off of the ground and float around up in the air. So I think that there probably are a number of different models and kinds, but I also believe that there were, I'm almost positive that some of these really big ones probably ran on some sort of free energy electricity type device. Yeah, I would I would have to agree with that. They were much too large and require much too much fuel. Like uh, that's you're the uh you're the airplane fuel don't reel guy though. Yeah. Yes, I am. And that's a whole other I mean that's kind of a whole other thing. I I haven't I haven't fallen down that rabbit hole completely. I I'm going to I'm going to say before I even hear about it that I am probably going to agree by the time I'm done hearing about it because it doesn't make any sense how a plane should be able to carry. If if jet fuel weighs what jet fuel is supposed to weigh in order to carry as much fuel as a plane sh- needs to carry, they should be carrying large fuel tanks like pregnant airplanes, you know, or, or like like military planes carry those right on the wings. Isn't that isn't that fuel? Yeah. yeah. And also, um, the, the just the existence of the Concorde. The Concorde had these tiny, itty bitty little wings, but it was supposed to be the uh, well, not supposed to be. It was the fastest commercial airliner yeah. in existence, as well as the uh, one that had the ability to fly the farthest. And it flew at Mach one. And it, I think they were saying like it would burn. I don't. I don't know the number. I don't want to say the number because then people are like, "Oh, yeah, Skull said the wrong number. That means he's wrong." Yeah. It would just burn an incredible amount of fuel. At well, uh, the the rate it go, what it would require, and there's like no wings to, to store the fucking thing, and then they get rid of it. <laughs> Imagine my shock. Right. Well, was I mean, was the Concorde, you know, were the fuel tanks in the body? Uh, do, do they not have fuel tanks in the fuselage? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. It seems uh, just the more I looked into it, the more I was like, mm, something is not adding up here. Just like every single other thing we look, end up looking into. Yeah, well, I mean, so. When and this actually kind of goes back to a little bit of flat Earth. Just a side note is uh, one of the flat Earth proofs, of course, disproving the curvature of the Earth is um, you know the age-old uh, proof of somebody flying a plane. So a plane commercial uh, aircraft goes at like what 500 miles an hour normally, cruising at about 30 to 35,000 feet. Uh, if there's curvature, then of course they have to nosedive. They have to keep lowering uh, the nose of the plane to account for the curvature of the earth so they don't just fly straight through the troposphere into the mesosphere is what we're told. And out into now, the Van Allen that belt. constant, huh? And then out into the Van Allen belt. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that constant change would require more fuel. So a lot it's more not, fuel because yeah, yeah. It, so it takes you're not a lot just more traveling. fuel to redirect the plane than it does to coast. Right. So if we're talking about a globe Earth, they're going to have to use a massive amount of fuel just to stay on the proper course with the curvature of the Earth. Um, 
That mm. doesn't make any sense. Mm. Yeah, and I've talked to airplane guys. I mean, Potato Smasher was a was an airplane guy for a long time. Did a whole lot of high altitude things. He has never actually physically seen the curve, and he's been way, way up there. But he's a guy who would know about high altitude flying and not adjusting for for curvature. Okay, we're getting we're getting off we're getting way off side off top. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that um, that was the point. Was just that it would require so much fuel. Sure. And these diesel engines. Sure. They had to they require. They wouldn't, a ton of fuel they, they wouldn't have been as efficient back then either. A diesel well, engine would have been its infancy at that time, and so you would think, infancy. okay, they, they just built this the first diesel engine, and they stick it on this giant blimp, and then they're going twenty one thousand miles. Like something doesn't add up when you start thinking about it that way. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. I don't think anything about the given stories, the the official narratives about the Hindenburg or what was the other one? The Graf. Um, Graf, yeah. Graf Zeppelin. Graf Zeppelin, this one, yeah. Uh, those, just what we were told about him, it doesn't, doesn't seem true. Um, somehow, I mean, you know, either somehow Germany reverse engineered Tartarian airships, you know, or they were just allowed to keep them. Or they found one. Maybe they just found them, you know? Or maybe they were part of the arsenal, and many countries had these already. Well, in World War One, I, I mean, they were used quite a bit, right? Yes. Yeah, they were used for bombing. Yeah, right. and so, uh, possibly also for launching planes. I've seen a, I grabbed a couple of pictures of this where they have biplanes coming out of the shell of the Zeppelin itself. I can't confirm that because I don't have any photographs. But there were definitely diagrams. And well, that's that like your first instance of TIE fighters coming out of a Star Destroyer. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's once again, we see how it's all pushed into science fiction and fantasy. Steampunk, yep. diesel punk, whatever. Yep. Um, it's all relegated to fiction. It's like And, and mm-hmm. humiliation. Don't you wish you just lived in this world? Isn't it so much more magical than this rundown world that you live in currently? Right. That- well, yeah, because yeah, you made it that way. Um, I have content on this, actually. Okay. Let me. Um, so this is a newspaper article, and I don't know what year it's from, but it, I mean, it looks real. Who knows? And it says Zeppelins, one a week, armored and terrible. So I assume they're probably talking about World War One. And then it says this, and this is where it gets interesting. New cloud-making device to make them invisible. So then it says, uh, and I'll just read. Burn February 13th. Burn is this place, B-E-R-N-E. The newspaper Bund states that the Germans claim to finish a Zeppelin a week. These new airships are tested over Lake Constance, and sometimes two new Zeppelins are seen cruising together. The motors for the Zeppelins are turned out by a great motor factory in Malbach and are tested with 48 hours of uninterrupted running. Interesting. The Zeppelins are now covered with armor and carry machine guns and quick firers. They have a special device for throwing aerial torpedoes, and for their betterment, the latest invention is the creation of artificial clouds around the Zeppelins while they are flying. This is done by releasing great volumes of fumes, making the airship almost invisible from the ground. What kind the of speed, fumes? power, and maneuvering ability have been greatly improved recently. Now, did you hear about that when you were studying your World War One history? Nope. 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 Actually, hold on. Stop for a second. Studying your World War One history? You guys studied World War One? I mean, it was we talked about it for about five seconds. Yeah, about five. Exactly. About I mean, I studied seconds. it on my own time, but yeah. yeah. So in, about in, school, in school? In Something about trenches. trenches yeah, there's trenches. Yeah. 
there was trenches. There was uh, a handshake at Christmas, and then right. they went back to stabbing each that. other. What's that? I didn't even get that one until later. Well, I went to Christian school, so there was that. Uh, yeah, and they they at least had that, and then they went back to killing each other, and then Hitler killed all the Jews. Yeah, right. trench exactly. warfare, then Nazis. Yes, yes, yes. Literally, nothing else happened. It was weird, but um. Well, there was. I, I learned there were slaves. Yeah. Uh, they built the White House. Well, that was see, but that was before. That was before. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> so much. Like I'm so mad that um, literally all of American history, like prior to, I'm actually at the point now where I'm pretty sure that they may be falsifying everything previous to World War II. It, it'll be completely falsified soon enough. Enough people have to die off, but it will be soon enough. So they've been completely falsifying our history for a long, long time. And yes. like none, none of the stories are true. Not one. Yeah. Not a one. Yeah. No John Henry, no Daniel Boone, no Johnny Appleseed, none of that George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, slaves. Bro, I'm almost to the point where I don't believe slavery existed. I think they might have just made that shit up. Well, uh, the World's Fairs would back you up on that one. They did seem to be uh, introducing a new narrative that had something to do with that. Yep. And this, yeah, and, that was and, the first real introduction to the world of the transatlantic slave trade. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So let's just make that up. You know, and that completely falsifies everything about the Civil War. And I mean, the Civil War was most likely a cover-up of the discovering of all of the the architecture in the cities that they were just finding as they were. Well, yeah, yeah, were, have, quote, moving. Yeah, William, probably ahead. William Tecumseh Sherman's tear across the South was sure. just about destroying all the history so that mm-hmm. they could set up their narrative that they wanted. I mean, look at that Nebraska place that I just showed yesterday. Right, Nebraska. Go? Nebraska's right. one that was, and that was the one building we actually even talked about because one of the guys is from Nebraska. I was like, "So your state, your 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 state capitol building? So that was built by what, like cowboys and pioneers, right?" He goes, "I, I don't know." I'm like, "You've seen it?" He goes, "No, I've seen it. I've seen it a lot. I mean, I've you know, it's a it's what four story tower right in the middle of it." Built by right. cowboys, you know, and Freemasons. That's uh, one of the Howdy McCoskey's theories is that the term Freemason, they were co-opting it to uh, also state that they were getting these free masonry projects. They were just, you know, free brick buildings, uh, free masonry. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Get it? Jews. What if the whole concept of Freemasonry was just made up by these same people who made up all this history? Imagine that. I mean, it, we can't put it, <laughs> take it off the table. I fucks. know, dude. The radical skepticism that Tartaria brings. I think this this is why this is why they they are allowing the Tartaria stuff to come out because like because you said skull that you know if you're seeing this stuff i mean it's being it's allowed to be out there it's on the internet you know you're allowed to see it as i say to people yeah. you know, it's funny like these the, like the q people like you know people make fun of the q people it's like dude you you're the guy who has all the top secret information like no nobody, nobody you're allowed that. to have it yeah nobody does that that's not real stop it just like the stuff that we yeah. talk about even the stuff that we talk about i mean our stuff is dangerous to them 
you can tell by the way we get shut down literally everywhere and the fact that like we get you know doxxed and physically attacked and and fired and get get our banks taken away from us and all that kind of stuff um you know we're at least on the right track but we're still like allowed to find out this information this information isn't completely scrubbed yet right so there's something to that maybe it's the whole like they have to leave the rabbit trail they have to do that it's part of the it's part of the game like you know the players have to be able to they have to be able to find their way out of the maze yeah i think it's twofold that one there's that there's the revelation of the method thing there's the you have to leave some amount of truth for those who have eyes to see Mm -hmm. but it also works in their favor because look at how well us finding this new information serves the system when we start talking about just even when I started talking about the moon landing, it was like, Oh, skull's ruining this. He's just giving us a bad name. He's making us look bad. You take Mm -hmm. this uh, good concept and then you start talking about crazy shit and it just discredits white nationalists in the eyes of everybody. And so, Oh, now he's talking about flat earth. Can you believe this guy? And then it's just like infight, infight, infight. And, uh, Mm -hmm. wow. (laughs) Incohesion, achieved yep exactly yeah. well and, and from the outside they see oh wow all these nazis are schizos you know, they right. believe the moon landing didn't happen they believe in this 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 and this even though to us of course it's very simple um it's a very uh it's all very simple conclusions to make when we've done all the research into it it, it isn't it, crazy well, it's, it's not hidden. just that it's it's you have to be able to look at something for what it really is if you can right. look at the space capsule that they have in Dayton. And if you can look at that, or if you can go to Houston and look at the lunar landing module that they have there, you know, if you can go there and look at that and honestly say to yourself, that definitely went to the moon and definitely came back. I don't, you're more schizo than me by 6 million. Yeah. Because yeah. there's, there's yeah. no way. It doesn't even have a toilet or an air conditioner. Yeah, there's sake. no way a rational human being with logical thinking could think that that's possible. But people yeah. do. People do. People do. Uh, anyway. But, but the, ironically, we're the crazy people for saying that. Sure. And, and, so, and, and so we're looking at them and going, you people are fucking crazy. And they're looking at us going, you people are fucking crazy. And it serves them. I, mean, I, I think that uh, a lot of the stuff that we find is – 100% true and I believe mm-hmm. there's a, there are a whole lot of poison pills that are added in with it but it still serves them to they can let out all sorts of true stuff as long as the ultimate goal of a large amount of people waking up is not ever achieved and so I mean they're doing good they're, it's the same know. go ahead no no that's it well it's the same with like pedogate stuff pizzagate and all of that yeah, yeah well, it yeah. was all allowed it was all allowed to come out but what's been done about it not a thing. It never yeah, and then now exactly. we have a hundred thousand children being trafficked under the what, what's the building? The fuck, I forgot what building it is. Guggenheim Building or something? Oh, some building. Yeah, and some art. Yeah, and so then you have people talking about, oh, yeah, there's a hundred thousand children in the tunnels, and the Satanists are eating the babies, and then it's like. Okay, well, now we're never going to get anything done because you've got these fucking insane Q people that yeah. are making us all look like we're crazy. And we know how it feels 
to the other guys who think that we're crazy. But then, then the Q people are like, no, no, this is absolutely true. You're crazy. And it's yeah, just it's, like, it's a really bad version of like Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. Yes. Except right, it's, yes. Like, it's like a, it's like a good CGI Spider-Man pointing at a live action Spider-Man pointing, pointing at like a 2D Spider-Man pointing at like Spoderman. You know, like it just gets worse <laughs> as it goes around. You know, yeah. yeah, the drooling, <laughs> like yeah, you know, like the, the, the crayon eating marine guy. Yeah, that one, that's Spider Man. But like his webs, yeah, his webs look all retarded when he shoots them. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's where it's at. But the thing is, though, is it allows everybody else that's not into any of this stuff to look at any of this as all schizo and all crazy, yes. right? Right. And that's the big thing is everybody has their biases that they're coming in with, except for a certain group of people, except mm. for a certain amount. And that's like what you were saying earlier, Johnny, is you have to come in without those biases. Even if you do believe, let's say you're a Christian, um, you have to be able to read things objectively and just look at what things are saying. Look at what language is saying. Look at the pictures, like with airships. Look at what mm-hmm. those pictures are saying, yeah. are telling us. Yeah. And speaking so of think cut out the airships. What you're saying, Reinhardt, is the most important part is that I think what separates us from other truthers and other people who are um, concerned about what's happening to this world is that, and, and I mean particularly us here, Paranormies people, is we're always willing to be wrong and to change what we believed before when new information arises. And I think that's what most people don't do is they have their certain set of biases in their worldview and they find a few things that confirm it. And then they say, okay, see, I'm right. And then new information comes in, like Flat Earth or whatever, moon landing. And then, so okay, moon landing is an easy one because they say, well, you know, um, Nazi scientists got us to the moon and America is the greatest country, blah, blah, blah. And uh, then it c- turns out that, no, those Nazi scientists were fucking liars. And we never went to the moon. And the whole thing was a psyop to get you to feel like you're a patriotic American who's better than everybody else. Right. And uh, oh, it's time to you mean- pull, put on your big boy pants. And so then we learn that new information and we say, okay, well, you know, that sucks, but this is truth. So I'm going to grow with this and become a better person and learn more. And if you stop, if you get stuck at any one of those places, that's the goal of the system is to keep you right there so that you never move up to the next level. In my opinion. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right that I agree with everything you said there. Uh, real quick before I forget, um, you're talking about the German scientists coming over and lying, you know, and be, and being lying and, you know, working for the same Zog basically. Um, Think about how patriotic and nationalist Germany was. And then look at what America became, how patriotic America became. Like it was yeah, yeah. it was Nazi patriotism on steroids. Because they right. were not just getting because we've not just gotten, you know, Germans to be pro Germany. In America, you've gotten like all kinds of Mexicans, you know, all kinds of Squatamalans. To be like worshiping the flag, all kinds of Africans to worship the flag, all kind. You know what I mean? It's it's amazing yeah. how they've yeah they've what they've done with the the nationalism concept here in the United States. That's that's a whole other other thing. But yeah, man, we're past an hour and we have actually talked about the topic quite a bit tonight: the airships and Tartaria and the lies of history. Before we go, no, I'll save it for after. I'll save it for after. All right, we got some music. Uh, did anybody bring a song, or are we just going to find one? No, I've got one. All right. Um, post it in the chat. 
It's uh, this one comes from our good friend Art, who was on the Tolkien episode. Oh, nice. uh, it is Torchbearer song Burial Waters. Right on. All right, we'll be back.
All right, everybody, we're back. This is still the Paranormies. I'm still Johnny Monoxide with Reinhardt and Alt Skull. And oh, yeah, and Jack. We're talking about Tartarian airships. I swear to God, we are. We were. We did for a little bit. We were talking about why they were used, how some of the German ones were made. But these these Tartarian airships, these things that we were, we were talking about, these steampunkish, diesel punk things that don't exist anymore, but obviously did exist and obviously existed for a while and were probably used for for travel for a lot of people from this empire or this, you know, this uh, group of cities or countries or whatever it was that all had the same architectural style because in every one of these cities, they always had one of your grand central stations that has a huge opening and a huge hall for just such things as airships. So these things were a mode of travel well before we're ever supposed to know about. Yeah, uh, some of them as early as 1850s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen um, aircrafts, airships in the vein of these Zeppelins, blimps, uh, mostly Zeppelins, that were seen above the sky. And I think mid-1800s was when they were starting to relegate these to either new technology or very rare technology. Um, You see a lot of newspaper clippings from the mid to late 1800s and then the early 1900s that these were new technology, that these are strange craft that had never been seen before. Um, I think that's when they started moving towards the solution or their their final um uh their final goal of pushing these into the realm yes the final solution the final it's always the final solution with these people these controllers the final for the zeppelin question the The zq this is this the zq okay show title (laughs) the final solution for the zq that's right yeah so um they they existed and then they for some reason, they decided that the narrative wasn't going to move in that direction, and these things were a problem for the narrative. And there's a lot of different levels as to why they would want to get rid of these things. Um, maybe we should talk about how they got rid of them first with the very famous Hindenburg false sure. flag operation. Uh, yeah, the Hindenburg is definitely there. You got textbook false flag because something actually happened, and it was not what you thought. The Hindenburg crashed and burned. It wasn't supposed to do either of those things. Yeah, I have a, a little article on it here. Let me. Which, okay. one, is, which one is the Hindenburg article? Because I, I have them all as well. Oh, no. I just grabbed this out of that okay. website that I shared earlier that had all the, the different pictures. So this is just a little blurb okay. for um, a quick. This will be like the, the common, commonly accepted narrative. So, uh, May 6th, 1937, the Hindenburg disaster uh, took place on Thursday, May 6th, 1937, as the German passenger airship LZ-129 Hindenburg caught fire and was destroyed during its attempt to dock with its mooring mast at Naval Station Lakers. Now, why did it catch fire if it's just attempting to dock to a piece of metal that's an interesting question mm-hmm. which is located uh, sorry the Na- naval air station lakehurst which is located adjacent to the borough of lakehurst new jersey blah blah, blah. okay now here's where it gets interesting of the 97 people on board 36 passengers and 61 crewmen it's a lot of crewmen 
there were 35 fatalities, 13 passengers and 22 crewmen. So, um, 13 passengers, 22, so 35 people died out of 97, uh, mm-hmm. 36, uh, one guy on the ground also died. So 36, three sixes, interesting died. And, uh, if you've ever seen this thing, well, first the footage of it on fire and then crashing to the ground and then crumpling and the metal melting and stuff. I mean, just go, go look it up on YouTube. It's You're ridiculous. So the How fact the- that the fact that there were, what was it like? eight or nine camera crews there Oh yeah, for this. It was literally a, a media setup. Yes. I mean, they even had a camera. That's where the camera guy with the, with the, what is it? Oh, the humanity. We have the, we have yeah, the, the we have the, we have the audio. You guys want to listen to the on. audio? Sure. It's a minute and 40 seconds. Skull. Hang on. Let's listen to this. Let's listen to yeah, it. Yeah. This is the most famous audio of the era. This is the Hindenburg disaster. It's starting to rain again. The rain had uh, cracked up a little bit. They backed motors with the ship, but just holding it uh, just enough to keep it from... It burst into flames. Get it started. Get it started. It's rising. It's rising. It's rising. Terrible. Oh, my. Get out of the way, please. It's burning and bursting into flames, and, and it's falling on the morning fast, and all the folks between us, this is terrible. This is the one of the worst catastrophes in the world. Oh, it's... it's, it's that is quite a performance okay so let me see here when it goes from okay so it was perfectly fine right at 26 seconds okay yeah let's just one more time so it's fine yeah it's perfectly fine holding it uh just enough to keep it from just enough to keep it from and then it jump cuts this is the live supposedly live feed and jump cuts to it's burst into flames now this yeah. was a ship that had made how many trips across uh, many, transatlantic many many, many 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 i think it's i think it was um somebody said no i i don't get the number wrong. a lot right a lot a lot of trips Thousands and thousands of miles of trips. Many people had flown back and forth between Europe and New York. Yeah, these things are crossing the Atlantic Ocean all the time at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. All the time. And with zero accidents. Zero accidents. Yeah. There was no problems with this at all. The Hindenburg, absolutely no accidents. And there's no reason for that to happen. There's no reason for him to even be announcing... Like, you know what it reminds me of? I just thought of it just now. It's like those people that they have that talk about what the spaceship is doing oh, when it's in space. Yes. Didn't it sound exactly like that? Yes. yes. Oh, that guy. The guy who's like... The and, 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 now, Neil's now uh, we have to go 
and releasing the the turning the turning signal right, fluid is the, being released. No, skull, hold on. You got to do that. You got to you got to do the voice. You got to put your hand over it. Right, right, right. Back out of the 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 door. The bay doors opening up right there. And you hear beep. Right. Beep. And then all oh, the humanity is yeah, right, exactly. Has exploded in the sky. The oh, worst Christmas. tragedy oh, that could possibly sounds, have happened. It sounds like he goes from the space the space launch announcer guy straight to like the latest false flag shooting in uh, Colorado. Ah, yes. They had. Yes. The actor, the actors, they're just getting worse and worse and worse. Well, this, this guy, guy started is, off terrible. This is the worst. Yeah. This guy might be worse than that than that than that guy from Colorado because some of the stuff he was saying. This is the worst tragedy that could have ever possibly happened. Wow. Okay. Really? Yeah. All because Franz yeah, they, lit a cigarette exactly near some four, hydrogen. 400 feet from the air and all the humanity. No, <laughs> but wait, <laughs> Reinhardt, it wasn't because Hans had a cigarette. No, that's what they told people. But um, <laughs> Oh, so, it was a cow who kicked over a lamp. No, that was that's, that a, yeah. that's Chicago. Yeah. That's Chicago. Speaking of fires, uh, we're going to we're going to actually do research into the fires thing. Because not only were there world's fairs, and not only were there strange happenings in interesting architecture, impossible architecture being, quote, built, there were also a string of fires literally everywhere. Weird. All right, that's for a whole other episode. Okay, so for the Hindenburg, 80 years of research, after 80 years of scientific research and tests, all the scientists come up with the same conclusion, that... The Hindenburg disaster was caused by an electrostatic discharge, i.e. a spark, that ignited leaking hydrogen. I don't... That is absolutely fake. How well, you, and when you watch the video itself, uh, what, just exactly what you said about the jump cut where the guy goes from one mode of speaking to screaming and hysterical like a woman. Right. Um, if you watch the actual footage as well, the you won't find what spark yeah. lights the actual explosion. You just see it start from being already on fire. So it's not on fire. Then there's a jump cut, and the whole thing's on fire, and you can't tell what happened. And it's like, okay, well, why does this footage exist and not the in between footage of what actually caused the explosion? Well, because it's fucking fake. It's probably right. It's just like a movie spark. when you know somebody lights a fire in straw and the whole thing just goes up in flames in five seconds right? instead of a slow natural progression. There's no natural progression there. No. Yeah. Well, the, there's, well, well the, the website here from airships.net says that the, uh, the simple truth, the simple truth, Reinhardt, simple truth, is that the Hindenburg was destroyed in 32 seconds flat. Speaking what? of flat. Because it was inflated with hydrogen. That is why yeah. it burned so quickly. The Hindenburg was, in fact, one of just many hydrogen ships destroyed by fire because of their flammable lifting gases. Hydrogen, excuse me, lifting gas. Is hydrogen flammable or is it explosive? I thought it was I explosive. Read some, I read something about this last night. I can't give a, a satisfactory answer. Someone was saying that it needed to be mixed with a proper amount of oxygen and that it would be flammable, but I'm... You know, I'm just re repeating what I read, so I don't know. Sure. It, there's there's a combustible component to it for sure. Oh, but here's but I think, here's, here's I mean, something. In this okay. same in this same article, it said that the airship was 60 meters above the airfield in an electrically charged atmosphere. 
So in this article, they're stating that the atmosphere can become electrically charged. So, um, so that caused this this pro- this problem with Hindenburg was the electrically charged atmosphere. But in no way, shape, or form could we ever harvest that electricity out of the air, though, right? Never been done before, right? Well, and also, um, I was saying earlier, like the way these things were made is um, like I couldn't get a totally clear reading on it, but. One thing that was clear is it's not just a big fat bag of air. I believe it is tubes that are like a bunch of different tubes. And what that would mean is that anybody who, if if you build these things, you're going to know that the gas is flammable. And so you would build, um, what's the word? I forgot the word, but you would build a, so that if one system failed, you still have all these other systems. So like say one bag catches fire. Oh yeah. Well, that bag, but the other bags don't because they're still there, so that uh, you're allowed fail to safe system. Why the fuck? Right. And so they're not going to be built, so the whole fucking thing just explodes. No, and the way that the fire went up on this, uh, if they were built the way that you describe, as having um, in the ridges, in those ribs that went lengthwise horizontally, there would be long bags of of hydrogen. And right. then in, right, and then there would be like a restraining cage around all that, and then they would have the rest of the inside built around an, an, an endoskeleton, an inside skeleton. Yeah, yeah. So the way the Hindenburg burned, and this is one of the things in the uh, in the uh, airships dot net uh, in that article that they want to make it completely clear that it was not not the fabric covering was extremely flammable in itself. No, 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 no. It was what was inside of it. No, what actually the, th- the theory is is that the Hindenburg had been painted. Uh, there was like a remodel done on it before because this was like a special trip. This, this trip that the Hindenburg went on was like a very special trip from what I recall of the, the history. I could be wrong, but I think so. And it had, had some sort of new paint job, like, you know, clean up, clean off the bird poop and whatever, right? You know, get it all nice for a big, uh, some sort of big centennial trip or something. I don't know, what, whatever it was. So that's why it burned, is actually that the paint the, on, the, uh, on the skin of the ship was actually very flammable and that the fire was set. And uh, it wasn't an electrostatic charge. Uh, it wasn't even, even what did they say in this, this article? They said it might have been what they call the, um, oh, what's the other one? Um. No, the where where fire like an electrostatic charge comes out of nothing. Spontaneous combustion. Oh, Saint Elmo's fire. Excuse me. A Saint Elmo's a somewhat less likely but still plausible theory attributes the spark to coronal discharge, more commonly known as Saint Elmo's fire. I didn't think Rob Lowe was around at that point. I was. Wow, I'm actually impressed that you knew Rob Lowe was in Saint Elmo's fire. Thank I you. would have expected Dogbot. Maybe your dad used to watch that movie at some point. Is that why you know it? No, actually, I watched oh. it on my own at one point. Did you? Wow, yeah. gay. Um, <laughs> it was on AMC. I was bored. It was uh, two in the morning. Uh, all right, all right, all right. But okay, so the Hindenburg was the last. <laughs> no, that's Chariots of Fire. That's Chariots of Fire. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. That's, yeah. that's about the guy movie about the same, guy running on the beach. Year, I think. Yeah. Same, yeah, probably the same year in the eighties. Um, yeah. Back to back to these Tartarian airships. Now the Hindenburg was destroyed for a couple of reasons. Number one, it was the Nazi airship, 
they had to destroy it because Nazis. Um, two, it was named after like, wasn't it named after a World War One? Hero. It was Paul hero. von Hindenburg Paul who von was Hindenburg. the chancellor. Yeah. The chancellor. Okay. He was the chancellor who, or he was the uh, the head of state who appointed Adolf Hitler. Okay, there we go. Chancellor. So there's the Hindenburg history. Uh, it had to be destroyed because Nazi, also the last of the Tartarian airship things. I think that had to do with the uh, the robber barons, not necessarily the robber barons, but the Jews in charge. You know, the the ones who were in the oil industry, the gas industry, because getting rid of the Hindenburg allowed for airplane dogfights and airplane bombers and airplane this and airplane that. And World War One, World War Two was a completely, you know, an, an entire huge part of World War Two was the aerial war and all that gas. I mean, right. And it was all based around diesel powered aircraft. Right. 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 Jet fuel power. Totally well, different than only good. 30 years before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, no, even before. I mean, they made the gas, the gas people made a lot of money in the, you know, in the, the dog fights. Each side bought a lot of airplane fuel. To fly those oh, for yeah, sure. Was... I don't, I don't mean in that regard. I just oh, okay. mean the, the technological advances were just insane for oh, that 30 years. Right, right. Well, right. if we can call them advances when they're still using that, you know, cuck technology. Right. Um, and not yeah, the free energy. It's not just the war itself, it's the energy itself. Like if you've got these things that can travel basically what what I speculate is that they can travel basically unlimited distances and people can go from here to there very easily and you want to introduce a new industry that's dependent upon oil and you want to corner that industry, well the first thing you need to do is get rid of anything that would be a competitor to your uh, and free energy is definitely going to be a competitor. I just shared last night how at the same time that the original automobiles were being manufactured, diesel engine automobiles were being manufactured, there were already electrical cars. And the they yes. had charging stations just like the Tesla does today. Right back then, but those things disappeared. There was uh, steam-powered, water-powered cars. There was water-powered engines. Um, again, like steampunk, where does this stuff come from? Well, if you have water and you have an unlimited supply of water on the earth and you can power something with water, <laughs> you're not going to make a lot of money doing that, right? But if you have something that you can control, like oil, then you can do a whole lot more with it. And so that, and, and to be honest, I think that's more like the first grade level of why the false flag was used to get rid of these zeppelins used as the cover story to oh. why these things are just too dangerous like well, that's yeah. just it, you, easy you got to remember that's like libertarian tier thousands yeah. Of, yeah thousands of miles of travel done by these zeppelins and not a single accident one accident kills 35 people i mean the automobile yeah. industry come on how many how many automobile deaths are there annually in just the united states you know in every right. state in every state there's hundreds in every state you know, every year. Well, and now, and now we have, and Johnny, I, I know you'll understand this. We have nuclear submarines, nuclear powered aircraft carriers uh, that can travel basically unlimited distances. I believe it, aircraft carriers only have to stop and refuel once every what seven years, maybe, if not longer. Um, sure. They just they have to do major maintenance on their their nuclear reactors in port. Um, so now we have this very crippled idea of free energy and travel but it's only for militaristic purposes only for zog's military campaigns yeah 
taking away, yeah, of course, the, the water powered cars that you were talking about. And that was that was a great thing that you had shared, by the way, on that. I just I stumbled across that when I was um, looking for content for this show. And then all of a sudden I see this. Um, oh, I watched this. Um, I, it's linked on my page. On my, I linked it on both our channels. Um, this mind unveiled video. Uh, if you just search airships mm. on, yeah, it'll a good pop one. up real quickly. And it's a mind unveiled video. It's only like 11 minutes. And um, I was watching that and he goes and mentions the Riker engine, which is this electric car that was built in 1898. And I'm like, what the fuck? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The Riker, the Riker car like had won races and stuff. It was very fast. It was very yeah. maneuverable. Yeah. It was very efficient. It was a battery. And it was it the man who, or was it the water powered car no. who, the man who, who created it, he died. That was, he died. Yeah. yeah he the water powered car, the hydrogen car. Yeah. That was, they made a movie about it. I can't remember the name of it, but I remember they made a movie about him. Yeah, if you ever make some sort of free energy device or water power car, or, yeah, you can be sure you know, you're going to get whacked. Yeah, don't don't sell it to anybody. Just just keep it. For yeah, yourself. well, that's what happened. To, okay. There's stories of several of those inventors. Uh, one of them was meeting with two investors and uh, never never yeah. went home. Uh, there's another story yeah. about another guy who did the uh, steam engine. That's another thing. Steam, you know, steam's a very powerful force. Uh, it's very cheap to make steam. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing is all of this is in abundance around us, which, I mean, first off, I just want to say how just absolutely incredible that is that literally the earth provides everything that we need from food to free travel, free energy sure. for living, mm -hmm. uh, even into a quote modern era. Um, but all of it, literally every aspect, whether it's Bill Gates or Zeppelins have been crippled by Zog. They've been crippled by these controllers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, all connects together. Yeah. It always, yeah, it, it always does. We can connect all the dots. Yeah. And then, uh, so there's, there's the first grade or the libertarian, uh, reason for why they would have gotten rid of those things. But then if you have unlimited air travel, if you have unlimited distances that can be covered by these things and you have them get to the point where regular people can use them to go places, then if there are areas of the earth that you want to control or that you don't want regular people to go, or eventually what we're the place that we've arrived at now, you don't want people to know about these places. Mm -hmm. Well, then those airships would be very problematic because you could, you know, the regular person could just get in one and say travel to the ice wall or travel sure. to whatever the north uh, pole you know the places you can't go places you cannot go the north pole the, right. the, the south pole or the you know the ice wall exactly the places that the world governments have all agreed to keep you out of yes world governments yeah. governments that have for many years hated each other except allegedly Right. Well, yes, except for this, this one yeah. thing. publicly, right? right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's in all... the middle of the middle of the Cold War, right? In nineteen three, all of these, what was it, thirty-seven countries could all come together and agree that penguins needed to be protected in Antarctica. And if anyone goes below the uh, whatever parallel it is, thirtieth or sixtieth, I always forget. Then you, well, basically, could be killed by the military that's constantly monitoring that place and making sure that nobody gets anywhere near those penguins. Yeah, those damn commies are evil, but at least they care about penguins. Yeah, we can all come together. You guys don't even understand. Like to come together for the penguin 
it was a very amazing thing. You don't, you don't like it, it moved the entire world. You don't remember? Are we really talking about the penguin question now? No. But no, you're exactly right, Skull. If you want to keep people out of these places, which they want to very clearly, um, sure. yeah, free travel, free energy like that is a massive issue because then you can't control it. You can try and regulate, you can tax. Um, you know, not necessarily on the unlimited fuel, but on other things. But you can't keep people out, not without anybody noticing. Right. And especially, well, you not just keep them out, but you also not just uh, get rid of the ships, but then you get rid of, you know, anybody else's ability by monopolizing the um, the helium market. That's a That was an interesting angle, that part of it. Like the cornering of... The helium market by NASA. Yeah. That was very interesting. Right. Like, NASA, wow. The, huh. the- For those of you unaware, NASA is the largest consumer of helium in the entire world and has a monopoly on the entire market. Yes. Right. So they, they, the- they only sell small little bottles to Kroger to do your little birthday balloons because just in case you right. want to make a Zeppelin to go to Antarctica, you can't. Yeah. The same people who base their rocketry laboratories on Aleister Crowley's opening portals to other dimensions and, you know, <laughs> making Faustian packs with demons. Yeah. Literally those people. <laughs> yes. Those are the people. Yeah. Those guys. Those are the guys that, that own all the helium. <laughs> and they want to keep you out of Antarctica. It's well, it's not just that they just want to prevent people from talking funny all the time. <laughs> Can you um, imagine if John Kerry, I mean, if we actually saw a video of John Kerry sucking helium in Antarctica, it would just be too much. Right. It would just be too much. It would much like the Ghislaine Maxwell testimony. It's just too salacious for the average American. Yeah. Did she give it on helium? Oh my God! Could you imagine? <laughs> and then Jeffrey did this. <laughs> I'm gonna go on mute for a second. All right. So, Skull, back to these Tartarian airships. Um, <laughs> I had I had an idea. Like, I mean, it's come to me a few times, but uh, the vanilla sky effect in these old pictures that we always see of these totally yes. destroyed or sometimes partially destroyed buildings, um, you know, with these people posing, clearly, clearly posing for these pictures. These are, you know, like the post-Civil War pictures where the guys are clearly posing with cannonballs or this or that or whatever people are clearly posing in front of all this destruction um what if they did the vanilla sky to kind of blot out all the airships that were just going around with their jewish space lasers decimating places and by jewish space lasers i mean uh directed energy weapons which which one of you guys dropped that thing in the chat about the directed energy weapons uh, it was, that was from, I think that was from the telegram, but that was from me. I dropped it. Okay. Uh, here it is. Um, Tartarian. The, okay. The Tartarian transportation cover up the Baalbek Trilithon, whatever that is. Energy centers, Sherman airplanes. This is just, I uh, just ran yes. it. Just listen. Uh, commercial air. Uh, wait, that's not the one. Anyway, uh, the there was some the airships are down that, towards the, towards the bottom, the blimps. They talks about blimps have been around for hundreds of years. They were a very safe, enjoyable, and luxurious means of travel. They're also very common. The elite did not want gasoline-powered vehicles 
did not want non-gasoline powered vehicles around, so they painted the Hindenburg airship with a flammable paint and purposely set it afire. Then spread now, the lie that these airships were unsafe. Now, right below that, he actually has a blurb on helicopters, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, helicopters or aircopters have been around in past centuries. They're slow moving, and the emphasis was on the enjoyment of travel, not the rapid transportation. Probably this is the mode of transportation that was commandeered for the use of energy weapons to discharge their invincible power in vanquished nations. There are, tip- there are actually depictions of this occurring, but they are either ignored as fantasy or interpreted as symbolism of something else. Uh, the shooting down of energy weapons from above is still going on. It is a modern version, though, with laser weaponry attached to fast-moving military aircraft. Huge limestone trilithon blocks at Baalbek. Uh, trilithon is uh, three megalithic stones. Yeah. Um, Lebanon and the so-called Temple of Jupiter are an estimated 1,000 tons or 1 million pounds. Only high-energy technology can cut and move stones of that size. Okay. So it's, it's it, that's interesting. So these could have been even used as construction tools. Right. You yeah. could cut or could destroy both. And, uh, okay, so that's what I wanted to get to, was you guys mentioning that directed energy weapons could be attached to the bottom of these things, and they would be perfect vehicles for destroying things, such as Tartarian architecture, right. when you wanted to get the evidence after or, a World's Fair. And the Vanilla Sky that Johnny was mentioning could have been, we're just, it's just conjecture, but... There's that question of why does the sky always look the same? There's no clouds. It's just this creamy, milky color in all of the pictures. Like, there's never a cloud in the sky. Mm-hmm. Well, what if those are Photoshopped pictures and they're editing out the blimps that were used for destroying the architecture after they got done with their um, injection of the narrative, the new right. narrative into the, so, into the system? You just said something. Yeah, they were Photoshopped, uh, implying... Right. That no, hold on, hold on. That photography isn't as new as we think it is, and that's another. No, theory. Photoshop existed in the eighteen hundreds. Well, with photography, yeah. Well, Photoshop has existed as long as there's been photography, right? Exactly. There were there were methods, uh, very robust methods of editing photos in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I mean, even video, when video came out, they were pretty good at uh, doing special effects and uh, just making one area of a photograph a single solid color would not have been out of the realm of possibility by any means whatsoever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of videos and old videos like that, uh, Reinhardt, you posted that video of uh, San Francisco like six days before the fire or the quake, or the quake, right? And yes, it, it looks like... You ever see those like television shows or movies intros or whatever where you're clearly like you know you're 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 it's first person perspective and they're walking through or driving through and whatever like you know and they're doing th- and things are going past like the cameras like they're doing the first person perspective of whoever's like you know and that's how that that's how that was shot you know what I mean I was expecting like a movie title to come up you know somewhere along there it looked like it it looked as scripted as scripted could be no, you're right. I'm yeah. trying to find that now because I know I used the YouTube downloader bot on Telegram mm-hmm. for it uh, because it is an, an incredible video. And it's it's completely staged, right? And possibly photoshopped in a couple of spots. Because, yes, video was photoshoppable. Photoshoppable? Photoshoppable back in the 1800s. So... Oh. So oh, just was, real quick. Was, uh, I just okay. before we move on too far, I wanted to mention one thing about because you brought up the helicopters, and now I'm looking at that page. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I remember when I, I was really in, I had this art phase when I was in high school and uh, early college and I had this art book, this really big, thick art book because my mom went to school for art and it was one of those uh, textbooks, those really expensive ones that have full color pictures throughout the whole thing. Really nice book. It's like the Tartarian uh, book that we all bought recently. And uh, I just remember that Leonardo da Vinci used to have all these inventions on the, um, and you know, whoever Leonardo da Vinci, whoever the fuck that guy was with his uh, Vitruvian man and stuff. But anyway, whatever that was, one of his inventions, what that he supposedly, you know, never used or never got made, but it should have worked according to the specs on the uh, page was a helicopter back in the, uh, what is it? 1600s, 1500s, 1500s, 1500s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of these things are a lot older you know, then we think they're, or well, I don't know about a lot older because they're really not that old because the 1850s aren't that long ago. It's just yeah. the narrative yes. that we're taught that the 1850s were, you know, horse and buggy people. And they were, you know, the 1840s, 1850s, they were horse and buggy people. They were, you know, building, uh, you know, like shake uh, roofed, shake shingle roofed. You know, wooden structures and not these huge, um, you know, Victorian, Gothic or uh, Roman, you know, Greco-Roman looking buildings out of stone, granite and marble. And, you know, that would be the tech, the Tartarian archaeology. So, and doesn't it all make sense, actually, if you wanted to have a new narrative laid out and the ultimate goal of that narrative was to have total control over the population and the population itself would believe that they were completely dependent upon this new group of controllers because they couldn't do anything for themselves. They didn't have any way to get energy for themselves. They didn't have any way to travel long distances by themselves. They couldn't depend upon themselves for food or whatever, education right. Right. even. Right. Uh, they, you know, they introduced public education around this time. Easiest which way was to all talk. Part of yeah. And <laughs> yeah. So if you get rid of all of this technology and you erase most of these buildings so people can't go, hey, wait a minute, you know, how did they build this thing if all of us, uh, you know, just can't, just got off horses and just uh, built the first diesel engine in the late 1800s? And then you start, you know, you start to understand why they would want to fashion this new narrative and it would be to enslave the entire world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you even add things like, you know, the creation of other histories. In there, like these yeah. these people are good. These people are good. You know these controllers. Um, eventually, we'll find. We, I don't know. Do you think we'll ever find who the controllers are? I mean, the controllers aren't the Jews, obviously. No, there's. I don't think that. I think that they're. I think it's just. I think it's Satan, and then yeah, people at higher and higher levels buy in and the higher Mm level the irony is the higher up they are the more enslaved they are like the very top of that pyramid there's no room to move whatsoever so i don't really i I certainly never feel jealous of these people like i sure as fuck wouldn't want to be bill fucking gates no i mean there there's no room to move there's no escape you're already damned Um, Yeah. yeah i i believe the same it's all it's all just pure evil at the very at the very top for the controllers uh satan is the god of this world okay but the controllers that are setting up. I mean, like somebody had to know about the resets, right? So these controllers and like, do they, you know, like 
do they tell people? Are there, you know, do people make it? Okay. The resets? I, I sort of have an answer to that. Okay. Is, um, I was listening to Owen talk about the princess bride the other day mm-hmm. and he's talking about how, um, and I haven't watched the movie in so long, so I'm going to, this is not going to be perfect, but basically the, uh, chief guard person was told to do something that was evil. And if he had known what he was doing was, if he'd known the actual motive behind it, then he would be a bad person because he would have, uh, I, don't, I don't remember what it was, but he persecuted all these people somehow. But what he believed was the story above him that was told. And so right. the story was, these are bad guys. You need to take care of these bad guys. And so this guy thought he was just doing his job. And it, it, I know compartmentalization doesn't explain everything. And I do think that there are some very weird things that absolutely defy explanation like the Vegas shooting and then nobody being going to the hospital, there being nobody in the hospitals or right. after 9-11, the hospitals were completely empty when they shouldn't have been. And, um, you know, nobody ever comes and exposes, you know, or talks or says, uh, you know, Oh, this was a false flag. It never happens. But I do think that there's a lot, a lot of compartmentalization and people like way, way, way up the ladder actually just thinking that they're doing, uh, the bidding of they're not necessarily good, but like, like congressmen, for example, I don't think all congressmen are in on it. I think they just find the shittiest people and then they put them there and they won't really tell them all that much other than this is what you need to do. If you want to keep getting the shit that you're getting. And then right. there, there is a level above them that know exactly what's going on though. Of course well, there has to be there. Absolutely yeah, right. Be. Yeah. Um, okay. Back to back to the subject. Let's get back to Tartarian airships. So it had to be more than just you know the gas and the oil making the whole world dependent on oil. Um, did they? I mean, was it just that they just discovered oil and figured out that that was a way that they could completely control everything? I mean, because everything today is a petroleum product, right? Literally, yeah. Like the company, I don't know. You've heard the the conspiracy theory that Sony actually stands for standard oil in New York. Yeah. And if you think about it, everything Sony does, whether it was in the eighties, making Walkmans and VCRs or making TVs and um, movies on, you know, on film and whatever, and music on tape, all that stuff is made with petroleum products, you know, byproducts of petroleum. So oil company makes sense. Which would be interesting given uh, the abiotic oil theories that right. have come out of, right. obviously, like Russia, Ukraine, mm-hmm. um, that have all been supposedly debunked, but they haven't, not really. Well, we, we, so, got, we got debunked, remember? We got debunked because we, we did that's the abiotic true. theory. Yeah. I, I somehow, I somehow don't think we got debunked. I still think we were right, and we are. The earth just makes more oil. It just yeah, does. it's the blood of the earth, in my opinion. I, I think it's just part of the system. Oil oil reserves refill themselves, and that's made, that's not a conspiracy. That's not crazy talk. You can uh, Google, do oil reserves refill, and it'll, there's all these articles about yeah. how all these oil reserves you are don't even have to use. You don't even have to use DuckDuckGo. You can straight up Google that. They're not going to lie. Yeah, yes. Google. Yeah, yep. just, it's right there. there mm-hmm. The articles are right there. I, started, yes. I found it out when I was looking into what dinosaurs are. 
And I was like, well, dinosaurs are fossil fuels, and fossil fuels are limited in resource because it takes millions and millions of years to break down these carbon-based life forms and turn it into the petroleum that's in the ground. But wait, petroleum refills. Well, how the fuck does it refill if it's made from fossils? And right. It refills because it's not made from fucking fossils. It's part of the <laughs> it's earth. It's just the earth makes it. Yeah. So yeah. it's more layers of deception at that point because then they take this thing, which is the blood of the earth. It's something that is naturally regenerating, just like the rest of the free energy. They call it... Uh, you know, basically dino fuel, say that it's limited, mm-hmm. create the entire um, create the entire petroleum industry and create the environmental industry. And don't forget the dinosaur industry. And yeah. the dinosaur That's industry. an industry in, in and of itself. Industry. Like, it really is. Which, it really serves is. The, which serves the evolution lie, which mm-hmm. ties back into the you're worthless lie, which actually ties back into flat earth and the big universe. And there I, you go. I, and there, yeah. yeah, third base. Yep. Every single time. <laughs> Every Tartarian time. airships to flat earth. Yep. I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, what is it? Six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Or six whatever degrees it was. of, yeah, right. Yeah. I like to do it. You could tie it with Jews and it's six degrees of can't eat bacon. <laughs> 66 degrees of Johnny Monoxide. But I can probably, right. I, yeah. But I can probably tie it to Jews in like three. It doesn't even have to be six. I can probably do it in three or less most times. Oh, boy. We didn't talk about airships as much as we should have. Um, the thing is, though, the airships go along with all the architecture and the trains and the ships like the Queen Mary and the Lusitania and the Titanic and all these other um, Tartarian transportation inventions. You know, the, o- the ocean lines I was talking about, uh, the... The Queen Mary, yeah, the Olympic, the Britannia, the Titanic, the Europa, the Bremen. They're all supposedly built in the late 1800s, early 1900s. But, you know, about the same time as all those amazing buildings were built, the same time that all those trolley cars were built, the same time that a lot of stuff, man. It was just an amazing trolley cars even built on the ocean. Right. Yeah, trolley cars, man, like the San Francisco trolley system going up and down those hills. And those hills are really, really fucking steep. Yes, they are. And windy in some of them. Yeah, and they run on electricity and they always have. Yep. Right. And yeah, it's just that's something that wasn't, you know, but that's a San Francisco invention. It's rice aroni. You know, if these are all inventions, helicopters are all modern marvels of white ingenuity. Why am I seeing, why am I staring at ancient Indian and ancient Egyptian depictions of helicopters? Where? Um, I'm looking at page 173 in the Tartaria book. Oh. Egyptian hieroglyphs. Yeah, I always wondered about that. I always wondered about that. Like, you, you know, you could see like the, uh, well, again. You know, that goes toward my theory of the fact that the Egypts, the ancient Egyptians ain't so ancient. Yeah, you it's know. possible. No, that's I, I am leaning more and more towards, I, yeah, 25,000 years, 10,000 years, my ass. You know, no, more like. Well, and also all of the um, stuff I've been reading with the Genesis 6 stuff and everything related to that. Mm-hmm. Seems to point to the idea that technology, like high, 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 high technology, has been here from the beginning of time. Like the sure. very, I'm talking sure. the very, 
like well, Kane, Tubal Kane. What's the what's the the place in India? Like India's got all those places that look like they have been carved with some sort of 3D printer. You know, all those yeah. really tall or deep, depending on how you look at them, because some of them go into the earth. Yeah, many of them do. Yeah. It's like they just carved out the earth around it down 400 feet. Or look at places like Angkor Wat in Cambodia. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And these are, yeah, these are technologies that, oh, we don't have the technology to do it anymore. Yeah. That was just like we don't have the technology to go to the moon. That apparently, was exa- and that's exactly what I said. Right. That's exactly what I said to the guy that we were talking. That's what we were talking about the pyramids when I said earlier. And the guy said that. And he's like, well, we don't have the technology to do that anymore. I was like, yeah, we don't. We can't do Roman concrete. We can't do this. We can't build bridges like they did across the Rockies. Like the bridges <laughs> that go across the Rockies. Huh. Have you guys ever seen those? The train bridges? The, like, the supposed Chinese, you know, take the Ching Chong takeout guys did made, you know, that have like. 1500 foot spans. Oh, wow. No. They're, they're amazing. They're amazing feats of, of um, ingenuity and logistics. And obviously, obviously, you know, American gumption and um, bootstrappiness. Manifest destiny. Manifest destiny. Col- yeah, Colombia for some reason. <laughs> the goddess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ever, yeah very, no, nobody very ever important stopped. to early Americans is uh, dude, Columbia. Yeah, uh, dude. Nobody works, ever. Works literally, nobody ever stops and goes. Wait a minute. Why, why are we talking about what's what are we? Why are we looking at Columbia? What's with Columbia? Nobody's ever said that. Nobody's ever in my entire what? life ever. Why, why is there a pyramid with an eyeball staring at me from the back of the fucking dollar bill? Yeah, no, nobody sake. knows. Nobody knows any of that stuff. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows why any of that stuff is the way it is. Um, they were which, just really smart history nerds. Yeah. 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 Much but, American. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, now, we're, now we're anti-American. Uh, we're really bad. You, no. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've met some anti-Americans and uh, you know, some of them ended up not holding on to their anonymity. No, but here's check this out. The anti-Americans See, is the thing, yeah, we're anti-American, but not the right way. Hold on, I'm trying to parse this out. Hang on, Skull, I'm trying to parse this out. We're anti-American, but we're not the right kind of anti-American. You know, there are people who are like, death to America, bro, no, man, no, bro, we got to get back to the Reich. We got to get back to the Reich. You know, we got to. Yes. No, bro, whoa, whoa, bro. Like, early 20th century, you know, Central European politics is not really what I think we need to move towards at this point. We never okay. had a Reich. Right. Right. There never was. Right. There never was. So that that uh anti American. Right. The anti American. But then Oh, just yeah, I can't. I just can't. This is this is too much. It's too much. Everything about America is fake and gay, dude. Literally everything about America is fake and gay. Everything. Actual yes. white Indo-European achievement has been completely covered up, yeah. lost over, with and replaced and with gay, fake crap. Stupid, fake and gay, like European central, you know, like only the Europeans. Okay, but the thing is, is the stuff that was in Europe, like the Parthenon and all the French stuff and the stuff in Bucharest and the stuff in Austria and Dresden and all this other stuff everywhere around Europe that we also find all along North and South America, Central America as well. 
It's all built by the same people, okay? It's all the same people. They just covered up the fact that they were all the way the fuck over here, you know? And then they gave us yeah. this, they gave us the bootstrap, the, history. the bootstrap pilgrims and Squanto and the, you know, the settling and, and taming of this, the taming of this wild, wild, wild place that just happened to have all these granites and marble structures. <laughs> so wild. Well, yeah, they were emptied out when we gave the Indians all smallpox blankets. Yeah. yeah. Germ warfare just, you know, it totally emptied out the land and the evil whites came in and just yeah. took it all. Yeah, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot recently because so much of the truth community is always focused on the the horror, right? The bad stuff and evil and how, you know, all the psyops are something that are meant to enslave. But these um, the, the way these narratives are constructed, there has to be both. There have to be. It's the battery. It's always the binary, right? And so <clears throat> the, some of the most destructive narratives are the false pride narratives. Like my favorite one, of course, is we, the, the moon, the moon landing. Right. right. And for our guys, it's my Nazi scientists for Americans. It's our grit and bootstraps. And for uh, just regular people, it's like, wow, much technology. We're so great. And then you, fall into the trap of thinking that you're so fucking great and you don't do anything for yourself basically. And you yep. just say, Oh, well, I'm so proud of my ancestors. I'm so proud of my people, but you're, that's just a fun, another fucking fake story so that you won't actually do anything for yourself. So it's always both. It's always, you know, there's the, there's the nine 11 narrative and then there's the moon landing narrative and they work in tandem. They work together as a battery to get the controllers, the, the uh, helpless little drone people that they need Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, nine eleven narrative gets a lot of people too, especially New Yorkers. Nine yeah. eleven is the New Yorkers Holocaust. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, and you cannot take that away from them. No, you can't. Yeah. And no, it doesn't matter because their brother, sister in law's cousin oh, yeah. was, that was there. Yes, I was going to say my brother, my <sighs> brother in law's nephew Richie, Rich, Rich, Rich. By the way, shout out to Rich. That was a good take. That was hilarious. That was um, great. <laughs> Rich gets a little. Rich gets a little hot uh, under the collar. Rich is a, Rich is a hot. I love Rich though. Rich is a good dude. Um, something something fifty five pound barrel drum. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, um, man, Tartarian airships. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't cover the topic as well as we probably should have. But there's really. Let's talk about- one last thing about it real quick yeah one thing about i wanted to make sure you fit in there is um those docking stations Mm -hmm. those docking stations were in my opinion that was where their energy was coming from and there are two different kinds that i've seen and one the one that the hindenburg allegedly was blown up by it was the just the tower kind and they look suspiciously like 5g towers interestingly enough i don't know if that's a rabbit hole or not but the other one is on top of skyscrapers they have these poles these towers right and there are pictures and again search airships on either of our channels and you'll see the pictures where there's a at the empire state building the i believe it's the hindenburg is docked to the empire state building to that pole thing on the top and you know how all of these big buildings these skyscrapers have uh what we're told is a lightning rod so that it doesn't strike like lightning doesn't strike the building and electrocute the people inside of it and it just you know it just runs down to the ground and it grounds the lightning and stuff it's like 
No, 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 no. That's not what those were. Those were energy collection devices, in my opinion. And the Zeppelins were working together with those buildings so that they would take the stored energy there, charge up the Zeppelin, and then the Zeppelin could go wherever it was going to go after that. That's that's what I think was going on with those things. Well, and that connects back to ancient sites as well, uh, and even to what we see in church steeples. If church steeples, you have uh, ancient temples across the Near East and Europe and Asia that have these, they look like proto-docking stations um, built with uh, traces of quartzite, which are superconductors. Um, so these things mm-hmm. conduct electricity. They pass energy through the structure to somewhere else, either into the air or maybe into an airship. Um, they're also symbolic of, or the they're symbolically represented at least in reliefs it carved in stone. Uh, the different rods of the gods it goes all the way back to ancient Sumeria, um, and it's all about energy. Ancient Sumeria implying. Implying yes, yeah. but currently that is still. I know, I know, but that's currently okay. We that's, believe that is the oldest civilization, right? But, but you are you are taking the word of established narrative. Correct. That's, I know, but I know, it I know. still connects to the Sumerian culture. Sure, it connects to this. Yeah, I, I, I am. I'm going to have to have to uh, start getting people to put a quarter in the swear jar for using terms like ancient Egypt. I'm just going to, have to call it Egypt. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's because who the hell knows anymore? Like uh, that's the, oh, that's the thing is because of the flamenco thing. All this, you know, and all this goes around back to uh, Anatoly Flamenco and the Phantom Time stuff, which goes around to the flat Earth. It's all this stuff always connects. It always comes around. It's cyclical. It's a disc. And it's all frustrating mm-hmm. too. Really, I get I get is. so many people messaging either in my channel or they DM me and I apologize if I don't respond to whoever out there I didn't respond to. But you know, people asking these questions about quote ancient history and the chronology of things, and ultimately we just don't have answers for so many of uh, so many of these situations. There's just they're innumerable. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's what's true. frustrating about it well yeah and if 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 the history is fabricated like like i said earlier if the history is fabricated when did it become completely fabricated and when did we become completely in the dark about what's real and what's not you know and now we're we're starting to find things thanks to the internet and thanks to people putting um really old stuff on the internet you know, a lot of the stuff, like the Gallica website, where we're finding... Yeah, the National French Library. Yeah. A lot of that stuff is just, you know, they just uploaded it all. Thank, you know, thankfully, we we, we have access to that stuff. And they're just like, yeah, well, fuck, the fuck it, upload too, all of it. The problem, too, with the internet, though, is that... Okay, this is something I've been thinking about a whole lot after the coronavirus thing, is that we are seeing a lot of these old pictures, but isn't it funny the proliferation of all of the new information that we've gotten just in the last few years, like things have just ramped up like crazy. So right. that Matt from conscious talks about it all the time. So that all of these new areas, like who the fuck had heard of the Tartarian empire or the mud floods or impossible architecture or anything outside of a very small handful of people until just a few years ago. And now there's basically an unlimited amount of information that you can find on this stuff. And then the thing that I 
keep thinking about a lot is that up until the last year, whenever I've heard about the Spanish flu a bunch of times when I was growing up, I never saw pictures of people in masks from the night from 1918. They're mm-hmm. everywhere. There's all these fucking pictures of people posing in masks and saying, Oh, if you don't wear the mask, you're going to, uh, you're breaking the law or you're going to go to jail. Or there's a picture of a guy trying to get on a trolley again in San Francisco and then there's the conductor has a mask and he's telling the guy without the mask, no, you can't get on the trolley. And somebody just standing around in 1918 with this fucking camera takes this perfectly posed picture, uh, like of that moment, like mm. what are the odds of that happening? And so I was talking about it with a friend of mine yesterday and it was like, are these, is this a Mandela effect? Is this a retro causality or is there somebody up there with an AI just generating these fucking images and shoving them in our faces? And if so, I mean, I hate thinking like that because then you just don't know what the fuck is real and what's not real at yeah. all. And that's, well, that's part of the point. Question. That's part of the point of everything. I think the oversaturation yeah. of the media, um, you know, the overstimulation that we get with the media. You know, I said, I said, right. I said it today, you know, and, Industrial society and its consequences have yeah. been a disaster for the human race. I've said that. I've said that once a day, probably for the past week and a half. <laughs> Did you write that? That's amazing. Isn't that an amazing <laughs> thing? No, I like to say it's like whenever we start talking about something, I'll say, you know what's, you know what, you know what I think, and I'll say that. I was like, a really smart man said that. And they're like, yeah, wow, that's a really. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, that guy was pretty smart, huh? They're like, yeah, and then I just walk away. It's great. <laughs> she just became a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's he's not wrong. No, he's not. And it's absolutely correct. Right. We have see what if okay, so what if with the last reset? What okay, so what if it wasn't the people from before, but the 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 children of the people from before, what if they were children from a breeding program that the controllers have? And they were just repopulating with these kids. Breeding program sounds a lot like a mixing of blood and genes to me. Right, right. There's that. And which leads me to believe that the timeline being a lot shorter, uh, that the timeline is a lot shorter than we think it is uh, because it's the same stuff that happened in the days of Noah. You know, it's happening now. It's happening now. Yeah. So That, that definitely appears to be the case for sure. Yeah, so... There's a lot of theorizing to be done with that in and of itself. Uh, we could be, you know, there's people that theorize that we have, are, we are already in, what is it, the thousand years after. Hell, there was somebody in chat the other day that was like, I think we're actually in hell. <laughs> or, or they asked the question, what if we're all in hell? What actually? if we're all in hell? Yeah. And I don't think that was a troll. Like, either, yeah. No. I mean, like, uh, no, I don't think. Blame people for wondering. No, I don't think we're yeah. we're in hell because I don't think we'd be allowed to be born into hell like that. Um, yeah, I agree, but you you can see where someone might. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just seeing w- what's going on and seeing where it's going too, because we can all three, four of us sit here and envision where all this is going to end up, and yeah. it's progressively it's accelerating. It's progressively getting worse and worse and worse at a quicker pace. I like um, how you included Jack. In that you started to not, and then you included Jack. That was nice of you. I, I, I was actually leaving you out. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, really? oh, wow. <laughs> all right. Oosh. Where's the mute button? There it is. But it's true. We can all see where it's going. Yeah. Um, it, it's so. Yeah, you can't blame somebody for for wondering. 
No, it's just, it, it's just, no, that's not how it works. This is not how it works, buddy. And thankfully, that's not how it works. All right. We are, yeah. we are over time a little bit. Um, we, we talked about Tartaria and how we don't believe in the history and airships. Yes. But not as much as we should have. It's all right, though. Skull. It was fun, though. No, absolutely. It's always fun when you come on. Thanks for coming on, buddy. We're going to do this again. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll be doing time. this again this season. Yeah. You are on Telegram. Tell everybody where they can find you. Yes, sir. I am at at Alt Skull Mayor, A-L-T-S-K-U-L-L-M-I-R-R-O-R, as in mirror, mirror, not magic mirror, on the wall. And uh, I'm on Twitter again, but I'm not telling anybody my fucking address anymore because I'm sick of losing accounts. I'm just using it to uh, steal content. Yeah, I lost my my lurking account, and I'm not doing it again. Uh, My Facebook, my somehow... Normie Facebook is is now on back to back to back thirty day, um, thirty day bans. And, you still have one? Well, <laughs> I, I lost well, mine. No, I lost mine a long time ago, and then somehow I managed to get another one. They just let me have it. Oh, okay. And yeah, I, I, I was all so I just so I just shit posted about the Jays all day long. And uh, the last thing, the first thing that got me was the conspiracy whole thing. Trust science because it's the only thing the Jews wouldn't lie about, right? Yeah. You know that that conspiracy whole meme. I stole it. I put it on. Yeah. I put it on my Facebook, and that got me a thirty day. And then the next one was something to do with Jews. And then the next one was something to do with Jews because I just don't care anymore about it. It's, Imagine it's, being a people where just like saying your name is considered hate speech. Like that's right. Be a really well, somebody posted in, in another right. group the um the article from the forward, I believe it is, which is in is is a yeah, yeah, paper yeah, 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 yeah. where the guy's like, you know, and we actually have entire institutions where if we hear somebody say if that's not a Jew that Jews control Hollywood, we have entire institutions that are ready to ruin this person's life. Like the the article says that like they like straight up tells everybody all the inside baseball because they do this stuff and that's what they do and they don't care. The forward is the most anti-Semitic publication in existence. I think it really is. It really is. It's amazing. It's amazing how anti-Semitic yeah. those Jews can really be. <laughs> it really. Is. Yeah. All right, uh, think- Reinhardt, you are on Telegram in the Nephilim Hour, right? Yes, it is at Nephilim Hour. And, and Dogbot is Chupacabra underscore Kennel. Jack is Jack's internal shit posts. And we are the Paranormies Present. T.me slash the Paranormies Present. All right. I believe we have a creepypasta for you. And we're going to let you listen to that. And we're going to get out of here. And we'll see you all later. Time travel makes you gay. We forgot. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy yeah, Easter. Happy, happy Easter. Easter. Yeah. I hate it when my brother Charlie has to go away. My parents constantly try to explain to me how sick he is, that I'm lucky for having a brain where all the chemicals flow properly to their destinations like undammed rivers. When I complain about how bored I am without a little brother to play with, they constantly try to make me feel bad by pointing out that his boredom likely far surpasses mine, considering his confined to a dark room in an institution. I always beg for them to give him one last chance. Of course, they did at first. 
Charlie has been back home several times, each shorter in duration than the last. Every time, without fail, it starts again. The neighborhood cats with gouged out eyes showing up in his toy chest. My dad's razors found dropped on the baby slide in the park across the street. Or mom's vitamins replaced by bits of dishwasher tablets. My parents are hesitant now, using last chances sparingly. They say his disorder makes him charming, makes it easy for him to fake normalcy and to trick the doctors who care for him into thinking he is ready for rehabilitation. They also say that I will have to put up with my boredom if it means staying safe from him. I hate it when Charlie has to go away. It makes me have to pretend to be good until he's back. <laughs>